Carver's Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and we're delighted to have back with us again this week, Scott Schutte. If you all listen to this podcast, you know by now Scott's got many years in the produce retail leadership experience and really enjoyed getting the chance to actually visit his hometown here not too long ago, or I should say your, your current hometown, right? And right. Um, visit a number of different stores there in the Phoenix area. And of course, after looking at all those different stores, we had quite a few takeaways from that experience. And so this is part two of our observations and discussions, kind of building on on that uh, that experience and kind of looking around for what, what are the opportunities out there. And one of the things, Scott, that, that we landed on was collaboration, both at the store level and then at the corporate level as well. And I think it was the very first store we walked into um, that, that you were taking note of how much space they had allocated to um, certain items and thinking, you know, they probably have they probably have good partnerships here with Delhi and with Meat and with some of the other departments um, to make use of any shrink that they have, you know, maintaining a nice, fresh, full, you know, really specific look of a department. Um, what have been some of your experiences with this over the years and, and the need for those partnerships at the store level? Yeah, I'll kind of follow up where uh, you left off on that particular store that we were walking when this uh, idea kind of generated in both of our heads. But I could remember walking in and seeing the uh, the vast displays of produce. I can also remember looking over and glancing over and seeing a lot of big full service uh, made from scratch areas of the rest of the store, such as uh, a big juice bar. I know they had a made from scratch bakery that just kind of dazzled us with, you know, all the pastries and cakes and great stuff that was in the display case. And we moved over to that food service deli part of it and a ton of made from scratch salsas and salads and you name it, they had it going on over in that food service area. We then migrated to the very opposite side of the store. And we did see a lot of produce in the case over there. It was over in the meat department and the seafood department. Um, lots of fajita mixes, lots of stew mixes that were using, you know, peppers and onions and potatoes and stuff. Uh, but we also saw lots of bits and pieces of produce that was being used as garnish in those display cases, helping the full service meat trays look fabulous and really spicing up the uh, the fresh seafood case with a lot of those fresh produce pieces. So that's kind of when my wheels started spinning a little bit and I posed the question, I wonder, or I should say, I hope that there's a good, great repurpose program at this store, that there aren't any walls built up between department to department and that this produce department is culling the produce displays and able to take those discards, those slightly scratch and dented items as I call them or refer to them as, and repurpose them over into other departments and let other departments benefit from having some of those items to either use as garnish or maybe even use as ingredients within, you know, some of the items that were out on display or, you know, for that garnish itself, like I said. Um, I think for me in my career, the, the big awakening call that I received was um, a while back starting a new position as um, the king of uh, perishables within the organization that I worked for. And uh, for the longest time, I was only in charge of produce and produce and floral, um, but I took a new responsibility of being in charge of meat, seafood, deli bakery, and also the produce and the floral department. 
And it wasn't until that point in time in my career that I really realized how big the walls are within the boundaries of a retail grocery store. And there are walls that are built up and they're unfortunate walls, but they're walls that have to be broken down. And we have to all share the love within the four walls of the store without having any barriers between department to department. Um, right before our call, I was thinking of some obstacles that happen today in the departments and kind of why they're so territorial. Um, I made myself some notes. I think that really perishable departments are, are in a habit of being in what I call survival mode. And the survival mode is really only caring about their department, uh, only caring about their team members within their department and you know, making sure everybody shows up for work today and they have enough staff, but also only caring about their sales and their P&L when it comes to the end of the period. That's unfortunate uh, because there are areas of opportunity within the store with the amount of food waste that's being lost every day. For example, the produce department to share the love and share the profits ultimately on making another department, department very successful. And um, uh, at that point in time in my career, we had to come up with a lot of different methods on how we could break down the walls, what we could do to get department managers um, in harmony, working together more side by side. And it took something as structured as coming up with a list of items that every department needed and that could always use from the produce department. So for example, if I have a, a team member over in the produce department that's rotating the bell pepper display and at the bottom of the bell pepper display, we have a few of those that have those little slight cracks or blemishes on them that obviously can't stay out on the shelf. Instead of them going in a box and being thrown out into the trash compactor out back, uh, all those different scratch and dent type items or those culls or the pulls that come off the produce shelf, they're collected and um, they're given to each of those departments that could use them. So when it comes to something like that bell pepper example, I knew for a fact that our meat department, uh, the butcher area, always did a great job with making veggie kebabs that used bell peppers, onions, and some other popular ingredients to go along with the, the fresh steak that was on the steak kebabs or the chunks of chicken that were on the chicken kebabs. But I knew in my mind, that, that meat department always could use onions and bell peppers. In fact, they use bell peppers also for, for garnishing. And so whenever I had those calls, um, that was on the list for the meat department to be able to either pick up the intercom or to walk over with the produce cart and make sure that those calls ended up in their department to be able to use. I also had a big list for the food service deli department on all the great items that they could um, use in their scratch recipes, whether it was fresh herbs that were looking a little tired or mushrooms that might, you know, have been out there a day too long, whatever the ingredient was, I knew the big list that the deli constantly could use and could put to good use. I also um, realized that the, the in-store juice bar was um, kind of like a gold mine for being able to use scratch and dent items. Um, uh, the blemishes didn't matter because after all, we were just after the juice inside those items. Um, so we were able to repurpose and reutilize a lot of the culled items that came out of the produce department over in the fresh squeezed juice bar area of the store and tried to come up with a system that we knew 
each of the items that belonged in each of the departments and a system that would work via store intercom or us just an in-person visit over to that department to help communicate what items that we had. And most of all, what items that we had that were free and no cost to those departments that would help boost their sales and boost their profits at the end of the period. And so that developed into a great partnership with a department manager in produce helping understand he's not the, she's not the only department within the store. There are other departments within the store and they would greatly benefit the entire PL of the complete store to be great partners and stewards of the business by working together better with those folks rather than what we've done before in the past. And so that was kind of a, a quick and easy system for us to get us started in understanding that we do throw out a lot of produce every day. Uh, it's a fact. There is a lot of food waste that goes on in the produce department, more than we wish for. Um, but what can we do with that potential food waste that uh, actually turns a negative into a positive and gives it a second chance and a second chance for other departments to prosper from it and benefit from it while building that, uh, that bond with the other department heads. And so it's nothing that can happen overnight for sure, but uh, the quest to make it successful um, is a challenge that's very, very rewarding. I took a quote from uh, a popular organization that's called uh, Feeding America, and they're big on food waste and the amount of food waste that happens in the United States alone. Uh, right now, the quote from them states 108 billion, that's with a B, billion pounds of food is wasted in the United States every single year. So right now that equates to about 161 billion, with a B, dollars worth of food that's thrown away each year. Shockingly, nearly 40% of the food in America is wasted and never used at all. And so for us to become part of finding a way to not only reduce overall food waste, but to repurpose some of the items we have and lessen food waste is very important because the final quote from Feeding America really says it all. $16 billion worth of food waste comes from supermarkets, grocery stores, and distribution centers. So $16 billion, we have a huge opportunity within the United States to make some sizable improvements in a lot of organizations that would, uh, as you can see, save quite a bit of money for, for them as a company. Scott, you mentioned at the beginning that you hadn't realized until you took on that role where you were over all of perishables, you hadn't realized until that point kind of the walls that get built between the different departments for, for folks who may be, you know, newer to the industry or, or um, you know, maybe early enough in their careers that they, they similarly ha haven't seen the full extent of that. Where, where do those come from in a lot of cases? And then what were some of the ways that you went about trying to, to knock those down? Oh, some of the walls are originated for good reasons. And the good reason would be that um, inside a retail grocery store, there's a lot of competitive energy. There's a lot of people that are very proud of their work. They take a lot of pride in what they do and they love their department. And unfortunately, uh, it's really because they've only been exposed to their department. So they become a little bit territorial, um, especially from the department manager side. 
you know, a deli manager is not excited to lose a team member who wants to go over and work in the bakery and become a bakery team member. And so those walls are built up for many different reasons and um, occur naturally. And it's kind of an age old problem that's existed for a long time. But ultimately, you and I had a really great discussion about this when we were walking a couple of those doors in the Phoenix area. And this discussion revolved around who is responsible for making sure all departments play well in the sandbox together? Who's responsible that all departments are, are sharing repurpose items and that are not stealing from one another or not uh, you know, taking employees from one another? And uh, the answer that we agreed upon when we talked about was the, the king or queen of the store. That's the store director, the person that's ultimately in charge of all four walls of that retail grocery store has to take some ownership over making sure that departments are getting along well together. Uh, department meetings, getting the folks together as far as the, the department heads meeting together helps resolve a lot of those issues. You know, being to meet face by face, face to face um, with each of the department members at the same time and explain what the program is, um, listen to some of the challenges or the opportunities that are out there from the department to department, and then ultimately put that plan together to um, uh, mend or fix any challenges that uh, exist between the departments and then ensure moving forward that everybody knows and understands as goes the store, um, goes the effort from every single department. Um, the produce department is not gonna carry the entire store, nor is the meat department, nor is the grocery department. It's gonna take the efforts of all department managers collectively together to make a total successful retail grocery store. And I think once we have the understanding and the cooperation from the store director, who is in charge of four walls of the store, um, then the plan is a little easier to achieve. And after that, it's just a matter of monitoring the plan and ensuring that everybody's living up to those ex expectations that are set by he or she as the uh, store director of that store. And I know something else that, that we talked about a little bit, Scott, was for a lot of these department heads, when I guess mostly anybody in a position of leadership in any grocery uh, organization, right, is they're getting judged on on those final numbers, right? So I was curious if if you guys came up with or, or felt like it'd be beneficial to find, um, you know, some other kind of metrics or other kind of recognition to kind of give folks credit for, um, like in Houston over this this great document that I'll, I'll screen share here so people can can see this that kind of laid out, hey, this is the standard operating procedure for um, the different items that we wanna share. Um, this the, this is the uh, kind of the rundown of the steps you should take as you're, as you're calling the department, go offer it first to the juice bar, you know, after that, stop by the meat department, uh, you know, do this throughout the day. Do not throw away something that one of these other departments can do. Well, I can I can see a scenario, and I'm, I imagine you probably heard this at some point, Scott, which was, hey, how come it's on me and produce, you know, to to go out of my way to offer this to to everybody else, right? Is like I have to I have to take the responsibility. I have to go check in with them, and it helps them, and it doesn't necessarily help me or my numbers. I mean. Not that that's the right attitude, but but I could see where that would come up, right? How did you all deal with 
with that sort of thing, where when when so often it it comes down to to numbers and how folks can be evaluated, how did you kind of get around that and and kind of sell that message? Like you said, that like it is about the total store, even though each individual person's day to day a lot of the times, you know, is in that specific department. Yeah, one of the most successful organizations that I've worked for throughout my career was an organization that believed in uh, all or nothing. And it's the entire effort of every single person in that store that ultimately would determine um, an incentive or a bonus or reaping the, the profit benefits of a successful over the budget performance. And so it wasn't a matter of um, on an individual basis, if the produce department performed, the produce department might be the only one that qualified for that incentive or that bonus. Uh, right now, it was the entire store, all or nothing, had to qualify for it. So a little bit more cooperation, a little bit more attention to the bottom line, total sales, uh, all metrics, financially speaking, of all four walls of the store instead of micromanaging one department and attempting to be the best in that one department. You still have the goal of achieving or overachieving your budget in each of the departments, but you have the common goal that you share with all department heads, all leadership within the store, everybody that works in the store, to make that total store a success when it comes to financial measurement and succeeding and achieving that incentive or that raise or that bonus or whatever it might be, there's a nice little reward at the end of the rainbow when everybody comes together and joins as one team and cooperates. And so that was one of the biggest things that I learned over the years that um, to be able to incentivize team members to work together collectively as an entire store rather than an individual department um, actually worked out quite a bit better on getting that uh, cohesiveness and the cooperation and the collaboration that was really needed to effectively, from a financial standpoint, be successful at retail grocery. It's not easy. You need the help of everybody. You're going to have some periods that uh, one department or the other might struggle a little bit and performance might be a little off the chart, you know, because of one reason or the other. But that's why you've got other departments within the store to help pick up the pieces and still, at the end of the day, have a successful P&L that represents the total store. That's really interesting. It makes sense that that would be the case, right? That like if everybody actually gets that that same, they're all evaluated on the same thing instead of on their individual things that that might sometimes have conflicting you know, sure. like like you might want the produce person to never leave the produce department, right? Like from a labor standpoint, yep. you could see somebody, you know, thinking that way. But but making making that common goal the the thing that's tied to the incentives that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and you can I'm also curious. oh, go you, ahead, Scott. You can also really see how important the role of the store director is, and how important he or she is in making sure that that mentality and that mindset and working together as a total store team is all in their hands. They have to act it every day, they have to preach it every day, and they have to most of all ensure that uh, that's being executed every single day and that there's a trickle down effect that when the produce manager is off, the rest of the department still understands the common goal of the entire store, not just the produce department. So. 
the onus is really on that store director position. And it's a, it's a, a critical responsibility to have. But as we said, $16 billion worth of food waste comes out of retail grocery stores every single year. So if you're one of the big organizations within the United States or even a, a smaller organization, you could have anywhere from you know, a million to multiple millions worth of dollars of opportunities when it comes to repurposing, reutilizing potential food waste within that store if you set up that uh, management cooperation and sharing a little bit of collaboration efforts that maybe might not exist today. Well, and and I don't know if I don't know if that number is uh, is the wholesale or or the retail there, but you mentioned opportunities to to help out the deli, to help out the meat department. I mean, in a lot of cases, we're talking about helping them make like these higher margin items that as they move, I mean, you're getting more out of that bell pepper maybe in a different department than you might have out of the produce department, right? And that is the uh, beauty of repurposing. It's uh, it's actually positive shrink when you think about it that way, because you know normally it could have uh, sold and went out through the front register at that you know, average 35% margin, per se, as an example. Um, once it gets into the hands of the folks over in the meat department, that bell pepper is all of a sudden no longer a 35% margin for the meat department. It's really almost 100% profit for them because they're getting it for free. But when it goes out the front door, um, that particular item that's been made with the bell pepper has a very, very healthy profit on it right now because of um, where it came from and the possibility that um, they don't have to go out and purchase a bell pepper right now, that they're able to repurpose and reuse one of those scratch and dent bell peppers or a basket full or a box full of those scratch and dent bell peppers and really make something out of nothing. And um, versus seeing it in the back trash compactor or the dumpster, I'd sooner see it uh, in all its glory over in the meat department as a freshly made, wholesome, beautiful steak kebab waiting for a consumer to pick it up that night and put it on the grill and enjoy it, you know, especially for items that are scratch and dent and slightly blemished and there is nothing else you can do with them except cut them and chop them and, and use them for something like that steak kebab. So you're right. In, in your experience that, that you mentioned when you're over all, all of perishables, did you find that that project, because I, I can imagine that, you know, is, is that, is that evolved or is that went well or the, the other, or maybe it was the same group that you mentioned where, you know, it was really all, all the bottom line was what incentives were tied to everybody for those scenarios where you start to get everybody rowing in the same direction. I imagine that can open up all sorts of doors for cross merchandising and, and doing other projects together and, and things like that as well. hundred percent. Yeah. When you can break the doors down or kick the walls down just a little bit and peek inside, you'll see not only are there opportunities with sharing something like repurpose items, but uh, to your point, the cross merchandising factor, um, playing well together on promotions, working together in creating advertisement promotions, you know, and the, and the way that the ad is laid out on the front page and how different departments work together in harmony on the front page. You name it, sky's the limit. Once you can get, you know, your foot halfway in the door, um, especially from an outsider position like myself, only being in produce for so long, once I got into those other departments, uh, it was pretty easy to identify 
all the areas of opportunity, all the challenges that existed in all those departments and how to mesh all departments together to help each other out. So those challenges aren't so difficult any longer. And it's not just the responsibility of maybe the grocery department to take care of merchandising the front of the store. I mean, it's gotta be a produce effort also that helps generate some incremental sales. And it's got to be the deli and the bakery that have, you know, a certain role or a certain part of making life easier for one of the other departments or joining forces in a big sales increase or campaign that involves their departments. I mean, it's it's a total group effort. But yes, you'll see lots of areas of opportunity once you step into the world of the other perishable departments and really understand not only how many different opportunities there are, but what the challenges are that they face also on an everyday basis. And I think that was one of the reasons that on my list of, of requirements or requests from the produce team was the fact that they were the ones that initiated picking up the store intercom or contacting the department head over in the meat department or over in the deli or bakery and initiating contact and communication with them to let them know they had some great product for them to be able to reuse or repurpose and to make sure that they didn't miss out on it or even going to the extreme of you know putting it on a cart and carrying it over to their department and actually giving it to them so uh, the burden of leaving their department which might be shorthanded or might be uh, in a predicament that won't allow them to leave their department we're bringing the product right over to them so However, we can make it as painless and easy as possible. Great. And then most of all, at the end of the period, celebrate the winnings, celebrate those sales increases, celebrate the profit increases that those departments are achieving and uh, make sure that everybody knows that they were actively part of it. This is not uh, just one department being the hero. This is groups of departments working together to help support the common goal of the total store. And once they realize that, um, the partnership and that, uh, you know, being able to work together factor and not think about the walls, maybe existed a year ago or for the last 20 years in some stores, um, is gone. And it's nothing but 100% collaboration from here on out. Well, it makes so much sense because like you said, once once you start to... Uh... Once you start getting around those barriers, you can see a lot of different opportunities. I mean, you talked about the ad, right? Like, oh my gosh, what if everybody worked together on, here's our meal solutions that we're putting forth in the ad versus, hey, I'm the meat department. These are the items I want on special. I'm the produce department. These are the items I want. I mean, you, you can see the whole, like you said, the whole thing open up when you think about, oh, well, let's talk about, you know, the meat department folks. That, that, I mean, uh, everything from the, the data visibility that could show you like ideal pairings with some of these things versus just, you know, what we've done in previous years because it's what we've done in previous years, right? Like you can see all kinds of cool things open up. Um, I'm guessing even, you know, may, maybe switching off like, hey, traditionally you have to be the loss leader here. We could do it over here if we pair it with this, you know, all kinds of cool stuff opens up. Absolutely. And that's the transition from when you make it work at a retail level, you can make it work at a corporate level and take that all the way up to the biggest things that are most important to the company as something as promotions and what you could do to partner up and be better uh, collaborative uh, stewards and stronger efforts of making sure that departments are working together. 
we're going into uh, a perfect example time of year right now. We're going into domestic berry season here. Um, some of the biggest berry ads that I can remember in my history didn't just have to do with a price point. They had to do with the collaborative effort from other departments. Um, a berry ad that involved our, our scratch bakery that did um, homemade angel food cakes and homemade pound cakes and stuff that was a perfect tie-in with that berry promotion is what really built that basket by the time it got to the front of the store. Uh, we can't forget the grocery department either. And it's not just the perishable departments collaborating, it's collaborating with the grocery department also. Um, the dairy department that has that canned whipped topping that you know is perfect for you know the, the berry going on the angel food cake or the pound cake. All the tie-ins possible and creating an ad that you know just doesn't sell a customer a 99 cent pack of strawberries, but actually sells the customer all the components needed to create one fabulous dessert that night for, for dinner or for that weekend at a birthday party or for whatever it might be. And before you know it, the 99 cent sale turns into a uh, $12.40 ring up at the front register because two or three other things were added onto that pack of berries. And it's thanks to collaboration at corporate level on creating ads together and selecting the right items that pair well together. And then it goes down to merchandising and sharing that space at retail store level that helps ultimately get those items in a cart together and out the front end of the store. Um, you can't do that if you're not friends and collaborative with other departments. You can't share space and enjoy and reap the benefits together unless you're not partners in retail grocery at that level. So it's all important, it all ties together. And last one on this, Scott, what were some of the the biggest things structurally that were helpful in, in breaking down those walls in terms of, I mean, you know, was it, I think you mentioned at the, the store level, like meetings led by the store director, right? Or on the corporate level, was it, you know, walking to the next office and talking to the person over Delhi or what were kind of those touch points that, that were important to take advantage of? and kind of exploring like, okay, let's let's drop produce in Delhi for a second and just talk about our store, you know? Yep. For a starting point for me and what I can remember most was taking it step-by-step step at store level and developing a system and a program that worked, creating a track record. So I had financial proof that things were really resonating out there in the stores with the people. They were cooperating, team members were enjoying it. And it created a little boost, a little morale boost out in the stores. It was a lot easier than they initially thought it was going to be to be partners with other departments and then ultimately to reap the benefits. So we did a lot of bragging and a lot of touting about the financial benefits of teams working together out in the stores. And that slowly but surely migrated. I won't say slowly, but surely very quickly, but surely migrated to the corporate level and the executive level on how important it is for overall teams within the four walls to work together for the common goal of what we're attempting to do, ultimately drive sales and, and become more and more profitable. And with the results that were coming in, it was very easy for executive leaders to see that things are working. Things are moving in a very positive direction between morale and actual financial results. We've got a winner here. 
And once you can get the backing of executive leaders of the company and department leaders of the company and them to be appreciative of what your efforts are and what you're doing in your department that is actually also helping their department, there's a great bond and a great partnership that's formed at a whole different level. Uh, once you get the buy-in and the understanding from that group, um, it's pretty easy for the stores to follow suit and continue on that path because all of a sudden they know how important it is overall from a financial standpoint and from a, a belief from the executive team on what the best pathway of the organization might be. And as long as they stand behind it, um, you're good to go moving forward, making sure that um, you're living up to all the expectations that are put forth in front of you at store level. So kind of a full circle plan of effect, um, but I still keep going back to that ultimate number of, of the dollars or the pounds of food waste that are wasted every year. And I think that that's a, uh, uh, a big opportunity for all retail organizations to take advantage of. And little by little, um, we can improve the food waste the best that we can within the department, but we can do a lot more as far as repurposing and reusing some of those scratch and dent items to make sure that uh, other departments get the benefit of it. Absolutely. And then uh, another kind of opportunity for collaboration that, that you and I discussed in, and in a couple different areas was really working closely or, or more closely, right, depending on the organization, with the marketing department. And I just think this is huge because, of course, produce, all the different produce items, everyone has a cool story, you know, and it's bright and it's colorful and it tastes good and you can do things with it. There's just, there's like this slew of talking points out there for every produce item. And, you know, so many organizations now have all these channels in which that they've already built to be able to reach shoppers. And, you know, for produce in particular, again, not to the exclusion of meat or, or deli or any of these other departments, sure. but man, produce just seems like, uh, you know, an easy plug in to some of those different places. What, what were some some great uses of, of marketing or partnerships with, with marketing that, that you've seen in your career? Yeah, well, I'll go back even a little bit farther on that question. I mean, in my past career, what I've noticed about the produce department is it does, unfortunately, get taken for granted when it comes to marketing and being able to brag about nutritional benefits. Because after all, uh, everybody assumes that every customer knows and understands that every single item in the produce department is good for you. Every fruit is good for you. Every vegetable is good for you. And I think we take for granted that um, uh, that's not only uh, uh, a misnomer, but um, it needs to be hyped up and promoted and glorified a little bit more because um, we're evolving. Things are moving and changing. And I can kind of think of one recent good example, maybe two. Um, all the publicity recently that's been put on the heart healthy avocado and the new studies that are coming out from Harvard or from multiple different agencies that have studied avocados long enough and have finally figured out that the ingredients within avocados is healthy for, healthy for your, your heart and helps prevent heart disease. And all of the claims to fame about uh, the fats within the avocado and the fiber within the avocado and all the great things it does for you, um, they're fairly new. 
Uh, I started reading these probably in, in February, um, got saturated by these updates in March and, and all of April. But there's some exciting things to be able to brag about and talk about avocados right now from a healthy living, healthy eating standpoint that a lot of regular consumers probably have no idea that they're true or how much they could actually help them live a better life. Uh, the other example that I can think of uh, is something that we experienced back in September, the healthy benefits of potatoes and learning from the Idaho Potato Commission, all the nutritional values of a potato. And I know that it's gone back and forth year after year, decade after decade. Uh, potatoes are good for you. No, they're not. Potatoes are good for you. No, they're not. But scientific proof and all the studies right now show that, you know, ultimately the potato is great for you. It's fat free. It's cholesterol free. It's loaded with all kinds of vitamins and good nutrients for you. Um, but I don't think a customer really knows that. And to your point, two great opportunities for a marketing team to um, work together and harmonize with a registered dietitian of a company or a nutritionalist for the company. Um, two great teams to work together to help get the message or the impact of some produce items across to the consumer. And so I'm not sure that the average consumer knows about the potatoes or knows about the recent studies of avocados right now. I think we could probably do a better job telling that story but not one person telling that story or one department telling that story, but joining forces together with multiple departments. And that would be probably a, a leadership of produce joining with leaderships of marketing. And the same goes for, you know, the dietitian slash nutritionalist side of the business um, to group up and um, make a conscious effort to announce to the world all the great stuff that's going on with certain produce items within the department, especially the critical important ones. I mean, avocados, number one movement item in the entire department. You know, almost every store in the country sells the most avocados than any other item in the department. Potatoes, the biggest tonnage item in the department. You know, that's what they sell the most pounds of in the department. I mean, so two really great categories to help even increase consumption more just by something as simple as partnering up teams from an executive level all the way down to a store level and being able to tout some of those healthy attributes that those items, those items have and that they carry right now. Well, and I think it's great that you mentioned both avocados and potatoes because, I mean, one theme that you could have for this sort of thing would be like a myth busting on produce items, right? Like, like you said, because a lot of people think, oh, you know, potatoes have carbs, carbs are bad, you know, I, sh I should probably avoid potatoes or fat is bad, you know, I know avocados ha are, have fat, I should probably avoid the avocados, right? And to, to your point, the, the bigger conversation around those, um, or even messaging more broadly and thinking in terms of like big picture, um, I, I always think about, you know, when we talk about fruits and vegetables, often we're talking with other people in the produce industry, right? And so we all have all this, this background and, and this, um, you know, this happy bias toward the value of fruits and vegetables, right? And a lot of times I try to think about, you know, when we're talking to the consumer, think about, you know, how we would give a message to a kid, right? About why they should eat fruits and vegetables. Well, if we tell them, you know, instead of living to 70, maybe you'll live to 80 if you, you know, eat all your fruits and vegetables. It's like, 
hey, if, if you like to run on the playground, if you like to ride your bike, if you like to play sports, if you like to dance, if you like to run, all of that is going to be easier and you're going to be able to do more of it and have more energy and have more fun when you eat your fruits and vegetables, you know? Okay. So even thinking a little differently about how we Absolutely. talk about health benefits and trying to connect it to the fun things in life, you know, I think there's a big opportunity there too. Or sometimes just the hardcore facts. How many people every year die from heart disease? And how important is it right now to uh, make sure that you're putting the right food in your body to help prevent heart disease? Oh, and coincidentally, one avocado a week has been proven to help fight heart disease. And so for the, the younger kids and generation to be able to understand that and really know the impact of, of how dreadful heart disease is within the United States and the world to what they can actually do about it. That's going to help them live longer, have a stronger heart and uh, be able to do all those fun, enjoyable things that you mentioned. It's definitely got to start out at a young age. So again, collaborative effort between a marketing team and a registered dietitian, those would be two great groups to be able to help paint that picture. They have great opportunities with messaging as something as simple as the front of their ad flyer whether it's a paper ad flyer that goes from door to door, house to house, or even that advertised flyer that's online now and has to be pulled up on an application or a website, um, they still have an opportunity to utilize messaging. It doesn't have to be storybook messaging with page after page of facts and information that bores the reader to death, but something simple as just a, a little button or a little claim to fame that says heart healthy. Uh, something like antioxidant booster, vitamin C booster, or some of those little healthy attributes that, um, you know, help a consumer not only just look at that fun picture of the cut avocado and the bowl of guacamole next to it, but they actually realize that's good for you, you know, and maybe there could be something added to that next to that little burst or that little short quote, maybe a quick little QR code that would take the reader a little bit farther into it really if they wanted to and be able to read a number of paragraphs or even pages on all the recent findings and studies that have been done on something like avocado or a potato or whatever it might be, but sky's the limit. And it doesn't just stop there between, uh, I know a lot of organizations are doing email blasts and sending their customers emails on a regular basis. That's a great topic to blast over to a customer via email. Uh, on the healthy attributes of an avocado. Um, social media plays such a big role in today's consumer. Another great opportunity to tell the avocado story over something as big as social media and be able to broadcast to the masses, you know, the new findings of the healthy attributes of avocados, but really take advantage of that and, and tell that important story and ultimately increase unit movement and sales of the avocado category within your store because of it. Uh, it's no news to anybody, but during the last couple of years, there's been a much bigger focus from the consumer on healthier living, healthier lifestyle, and healthier eating altogether. And so there will be a little bit more focus and an opportunity for a customer not to just skip over that messaging, but to really understand that messaging is there for a purpose and it's to help them live a better life. And I think right now, today's day and age, the consumers are ready to gravitate to that message a little bit more. So I think the timing's perfect to have that partnership strengthened between a marketing team, registered dietitian, nutritionalist, 
produce um, manager, produce leadership, produce executives, and to uh, to take advantage of, of telling the story better on a plethora of items over in the produce department that are, are very meaningful for the folks that are trying to live that healthier lifestyle today. Well, and I think too, um, I've I've been learning more about the the role of some of these retail dietitians through um, the Produce for Better Health Foundation works with a lot of them and um, got to talk with a, a few more recently here at Consumer Connections, which is why I was in, uh, in the Phoenix area not too long ago. And when you get to know uh, kind of the roles of some of these folks, they're pretty expansive, like you said, across all these different channels, whether it's the email marketing, the social media, um, some have a spot in, in actually the ad flyer, you know, there's all kinds of different touch points. And so if you use, you know, nutrition as the, the entry point, well, then these folks are also creating all kinds of ways to actually use the product. So they may be putting together, you know, healthy meal ideas where we're now instead of just, you know, seeing that uh, that something is on ad, well, now it's part of the, the meal inspiration package, right, that, that the dietitian has put together. So there's all kinds of, of cool opportunities in making health part of that story and then immediately actionable, you know, in a way that, that makes sense to your average shopper, too. There's a, there's a whole lot of cool ways to, to layer all that together, I think. Yeah, I was just kind of giving you the shh, because you're giving away what the next podcast is going to be. We'll <laughs> that one, talking about some opportunities there, but... Yes, you are absolutely right. Um, there are a ton of opportunities to take it 10 steps farther and really glorify what's going on with uh, nutritional values of some of those, not some of them, many of the items in the produce department that we have just taken for granted year after year after year. There's some really great stories to tell about them and we got to get that messaging out. Great opportunity. Awesome. Well, Scott, I think we will we will wrap it there for this episode, part two of three on our store tour reflections here. Anything else you would like to add on this before we uh, close it up? No, actually, I think we about covered it for now. I know we've got a lot of other good topics to talk about when it comes to um, the results of, of working together with, uh, with store teams and with uh, executive leadership teams. And some of the fun things that can happen or that can materialize because of that work together. And uh, we'll have a good time talking about on the next episode. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Scott, for, for taking the time today. We want to thank our listeners as well for being here with us. And as always, you can check out previous episodes. I know in, in our last conversation with Scott, we talked about space allocation, promotion items, fresh herbs, floral, and of course, a bunch of other tangents in the middle of that conversation. Um, also, some recent episodes have been on, on seasonal resets, on pricing strategy, signage, all kinds of topics that um, I, I think everyone will, will find pretty interesting. So thank you all again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Produce Retail Podcast. And Ashley, one last reminder, if I, if I might, for our conversation today about collaboration, um, we can't forget about this. And you just helped, uh, you know, this old guy dig it up in his memory. But um, collaboration becomes quite a bit easier um, when you have those teams working together, but also when you involve people within the produce industry to help those teams. And I say that by, by meaning all the different agencies and commissions that are out there in our world. Avocados from Mexico, California Avocado Commission, Idaho Potato Commission. Those are folks that have a wealth of information on the topics that we just talked about. 
and can provide all the plug and play material possibly ever needed directly to a marketing team or directly to a registered dietitian or nutritionist and take a lot of the legwork and the heavy lifting off of their shoulders and make it quite a bit easier and faster for them to put together some really valuable information for the consumer. So the burden of this whole collaboration is just not on the team members from an organization. There's other tools out there to be able to use and wanted to give the, the listeners one last chance to think about all those different agencies, organizations, commissions, uh, brokers, distributors, all those folks that have that knowledge and that capability and support to make sure that they're part of that equation and part of that team that's going to help generate that important nutritional information and updates that the consumers are looking for right now. That is such a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up because you're right. If if you're at the retail level, it's not like you got to come up with all this from scratch. There are there are a lot of resources, like you said, Scott, associations, suppliers who would be not just willing, but thrilled to tears to collaborate with you on, you know, even if they've got existing things, you know, probably customize them for, you know, exactly what you want for your shoppers, for your kind of demographics. I mean, there's, there, you're absolutely right. We've been talking about partnership opportunities within an organization, but with external organizations within the broader industry, uh, a whole slew of opportunities there as well. Well, if you're like me, we'll get off this podcast and I'll think of 10 other things that we should have mentioned, but (laughs) there's always another podcast and we'll make sure we bring it up on the next one or when it's uh, suitable for the audience to be able to hear an update. (laughs) That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Scott. Thank you to everyone listening and we'll see you guys next time on the Furnace Retail Podcast.